Welcome to Insights into Organisational Culture, a podcast produced for the University of Southern Queensland's Master of Business Administration. I'm Dr. Daniel Maddock, a digital pedagogy and media specialist and part of the MBA design team. In this podcast series, we talk to leaders from a variety of industries about how to create, sustain and influence organisational culture for high performance. These interviews were recorded via the internet, so please keep this in mind as you listen to this episode. Nia Yari Giam, Jagenba, Na Gayabu, Yarrawa Peoples, Nia Toowoomba. This podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Giyabul and Yarrawa peoples in a place called Toowoomba. Our guest for this episode is an experienced general manager in marketing and event management with large national sports teams. She has held roles in clubs across the AFL, NRL and Super Netball and specialises in startups. Tayabot is currently the General Manager of Marketing at the Melbourne Storm, where she leads a team of creatives who oversee digital, production, social media and marketing. Taya is also about to complete her MBA in July of this year. Taya, welcome to the show. Thanks very much. Taya, can you tell me a little bit about uh, your current role with the Melbourne Storm? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So currently I'm the General Manager of Marketing at Melbourne Storm, which uh, is an NRL team obviously participating in the competition. I have a team of six uh, who oversee uh, all of our marketing activity for the club. So across all of our digital platforms, graphic design, video production and marketing. And how many people do you have in your team? Uh, So there's six in my team at the moment. Have you had other leadership roles in the past? Yeah, um, I've been very lucky to have a career in um, sport. So I actually uh, uh, finished uni um, and I wasn't really too sure what I wanted to do. I finished a marketing and events degree um, and I was lucky to get a role with uh, IMG working on the Gold Coast Indy as my graduate position. Um, And from there, I just, yeah, really fell in love with working in sports marketing and I was lucky enough to um, continue to work in in the industry. I worked at the Gold Coast Suns for their startup, um, which was an amazing experience, kind of being part of a new team in my local community. And then following that, I've worked at the Brisbane Lions and then most recently in uh, Suncorp Super Netball for Sunshine Coast Lightning. Um, which is owned by Melbourne Storm. So I've been at the Storm Group for uh, about four, just over four years now. Um, so working on the netball side of things and now working in the rugby league area for Storm in Melbourne. What is it about the sports industry um, that attracted you to, to work there once you got in? I think as a marketer, it's a real privilege to work in an industry where you get to see your product come to life. So, you know, campaigns that you might pull together or projects that you're working on you get to see people experiencing them. And I think that's a really rewarding feeling when, you know, in any event capacity, you get to work on a big project and then stand there and watch people enjoying themselves and having a great time. And I think that's incredibly satisfying. But I think secondly to that is you just work with a great group of people. Events is an industry where, you know, there's no nine to five. So you're in the office, absolutely. But you know, you're out on site, you're pulling things together. The nature of it is that sometimes things go wrong and you have to work collectively and collaboratively and problem solve. And I think you meet lots of wonderful people and people that share a passion and that is an amazing kind of environment to work in. So, yeah, I think sport's a really special industry and it's been incredibly satisfying and rewarding. Um, As someone who enjoys sport, 
um, in my personal life, but also just getting to work in it um, has been really fun. It sounds like there's a lot of highs that um, happen with sport. Obviously, you know, as someone who watches sport, that's quite an enjoyable high, especially when your team is is winning and, and doing some amazing things on the field. Can you tell me a little bit about the highs of culture in uh, your team and sport more generally? Yeah, I think um, as you mentioned, it, sport in particular is a quite a unique industry because I guess the nature of your product is performance-based and particularly in a club environment, you you really ride the highs and lows of the, of the on-field or the on-court performance. But I think, you know, culture is is critically important. It, it, it's not just about the, the on-field outcome, but I think it's about how everyone comes together and certainly from a broader business point of view, the pillars of culture really set the tone for how everything comes to life and flows from there. So I think the role of culture is is really important in terms of um, high performance outcomes, whether that be in sport or in any kind of scenario really. And I think, you know, people are the underlying part of all of that. How would you describe culture or organisational culture specifically? Look, it's a very broad area. I probably didn't appreciate the full, like, significance of organisational culture as a graduate but I think over my kind of time as a professional I think organisational culture it's really the foundation to how everything comes to life so for me the organisation itself doesn't own the culture the people do Um, you know from the various roles that I've had where I've been lucky enough to work for somewhere that has a really fantastic culture I think that's been important to have that collaboration that buy-in um, and to feel like you're part of something. And I think organisational culture is um, a really important foundation. And if you get that right, nine times out of 10, I think it, things just flow naturally from there. You, you were saying that um, organisational culture is is part of the people who, who work at the organisation rather than something that can be sort of generated by a, a company. Can you tell me about organisational culture in respect to leadership do you think it can be influenced by leadership controlled by leadership or or even created by leadership and then fed down i think leadership plays a critical role in organizational culture and ultimately as a leadership team you're setting the tone you're you know you should be leading by example you're you're really i guess an enabler Um, so i think leadership is is really important and i think ultimately to have a very successful organizational culture as a leadership team you need to be really well aligned and I think you need to prioritise that as a business. And I think it's well discussed practically and, and in the literature around, I guess, the, the challenge between performance, whether that be financial or, you know, any other metric and kind of culture and, and I guess the, the constant push and pull of priorities. But I do think that leadership is, is a really key enabler for setting organisational culture, for setting a tone. But I do think that it has to be collaborative. I think prescribing to a group of people that this is, this is how this is what we stand for and this is why it's important. I personally just don't think that's the most effective way. I think, you know, at the end of the day, everyone is just a is a person and, and people want to feel part of something. And I think emotion and inclusion are really important. So being part of creating something is very different to being told that you're going to be part of something. So if you can kind of enable everyone to have contributed to setting the culture to be part of those discussions, to keeping that ongoing, they all become mini advocates for it. And it's not just a document or a view of, of the leadership team. It becomes a view of the like the whole 
group of people. And I think that's really powerful. So you need to create action-based generations of culture. You, you need to generate it rather through action rather than just saying something to somebody. Absolutely. I think like anything, it's about depth and anyone can create a document that says this is our culture and we want to we want to be about being the best and we want to be about, you know, X, Y and Z. And you see motivational posters that, you know, everyone, they're fairly standard. But I think for me where I've really enjoyed working and felt personally really connected to is where I've got to be part of that. And I think it's, it's really important that at all levels in an organisation that organisational culture is about the people in it. So if the people in it are creating it and they're having a say, you're probably going to create something that is a lot more authentic, that people believe in. Um, And I think really importantly on an ongoing basis that people want to protect. So they hold each other accountable. And I think that's really powerful when you see, you know, team members holding each other accountable and they may not be in a leadership position um, necessarily or formally, but you know, they might say to a colleague, hey, look, you know, what you've just said or your, what you've just done, that that doesn't align with our culture and I want you to have a think about that. Or vice versa, that was amazing and that you've really, that, that fits with our organisational culture and our ways of working and give them a pat on the back. So organise, organisational culture within the team is generating a shared sort of responsibility, if, if you like, that everybody is looking out for each other patting each other on the back when it's called for or saying to each other, look, you know, we need to do better. Uh, And I think in that, what what you're saying in that, by generating culture in that way, by having a strong culture at your organisation, the team is doing a lot of the work for itself rather than someone having to police it from the top. Absolutely. And I think, don't get me wrong, I think there is a role to play in terms of the leadership team really do need to be ultimately accountable for, for empowering people to, to play a role of it and holding people accountable because it's it's all well and good to have a view and a structure and a plan for your organisational culture and performance, but you do have to hold people accountable. And I think if staff feel that the leadership team live and breathe that and that they'll be supported, people, you know, that enables them to, to then hold people accountable and to feel empowered to to really make sure that those things do come to life. So I think the leadership team plays a really important role in terms of prioritising organisational culture, um, making sure it is something that they live and breathe and that ongoing it is something that is reviewed because things can change. And the last year of our lives has shown that really clearly. And it's it's not not a document or not a a plan that can just be created and then told, okay, we're going to deliver it and then never looked at again. It's something that requires constant check-in and constant discussion and you know one of the one of the roles that I had was at Sunshine Coast Lightning and it was a brand new organization it was a startup and one of the things we did from the beginning was just get everyone in a room to say okay we've got this luxury of having a clean slate as an organization as a club as a high performance sporting team what is it that we want to stand for and what are the things that we want to achieve because it, it can be anything and we went about kind of collectively pulling that together and challenging each other and, you know, it was a really collaborative session and that kind of happened over a a day session and we revisited it and we set that right from the beginning, okay, this is what we've collectively built and what we want to achieve and everyone was really excited and wanted to kind of make it happen and I think that empowerment for then people to individually take that away and look at how they can contribute to it 
that was really motivating. And I think you look at things that motivate people and, you know, it can be anything. It could be someone's salary. It could be their incentives. But personally, I think that sense of satisfaction and personal motivation is absolutely critical. And I think by being part of developing the culture and the performance standards, you want to contribute to that and you don't need to be asked to do it. You don't need to be told this is your role. You you want to take it and you want to bring it to life. So I think that collaboration and then review on a frequent basis is really important because things might change and you might want to make tweaks. Did you find in, in that startup process with the uh, Lightning that then had a strong influence on the performance of the organisation? Oh, 100%. And I think, you know, I've worked for a number of clubs that all in varying levels of on-field or on-court performance, but I think it is absolutely linked. And, you know, some of the things that were said at Lightning, it was about being collective. It was about having kind of one team, one dream. Sounds, you know, cliche, but it's true. And I think it's about we were in it together and it was supporting each other and helping each other and appreciating that everyone has a piece of the puzzle and that collectively we all need to know our role and do our role and no one's more important than anyone else. But I think it was truly like that and no task was too big. People chipped in, they helped each other out, they were really aware. There was a lot of appreciation for what people did Um, and I think it just built a really solid foundation of trust so you could have honest conversation in a really safe space. You could try things and fail and know that, that's okay. And I think they're some of the outcomes of having a great organisational culture are things like trust, um, confidence, empathy. So absolutely, I think I've, I haven't seen it, but I'd, I would be surprised to see a you know a very successful organisation that doesn't have a great culture because I just think it's such a key enabler. Have you ever had an experience of that, of the opposite thing, of a process where you've um, seen or been involved in actually changing an organisation's culture because it wasn't doing so well? Um, That's a good question. I probably haven't been part of a a really significant change. Um, On a smaller sub-team level, I have. Um, I think a lot of the time when particularly there's a real, really significant um, personnel change that can be quite challenging. And I've been in a scenario before where um, I was looking after a team and there was a lot of change and it can be quite unsettling for people. So we really had to spend a lot of time and, and look at how do we kind of enter a new chapter and how do we move forward? And this was quite some time ago. But I think, again, to me, it just comes down to being yourself and, and being honest. And I think sometimes people can be afraid of having hard conversations. So I was really lucky that I had a, a really supportive um, manager at the time who was a bit of a mentor to me and helped me kind of navigate that situation. But again, I think it just came down to having those conversations and saying to people, okay, what's working, what's not, what do you think we can be doing? And again, I think if you strip things back and it's really simple and you have those conversations, you know, people want to be heard, people want to have an opinion, they want to be listened to, everybody wants that and that's completely normal and it's completely reasonable. So I think it's about not being afraid to have those difficult conversations and if you are in a scenario where you think, okay, the culture of this team or this this department or this group isn't where you'd like it to be, then don't be afraid to really unpack it 
and and get together and meet with people individually as well as in a group and say, okay, this is let's draw a line in the sand. This is where we are now. Where do we want to go? And again, engage them in the process. And I think if you do that, it may not work every time. There's no kind of set formula, but I think you're kind of putting yourself on a good path. Yes, absolutely. And 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 so, do you find then that um, you have to have a very good awareness, I guess, of culture and I guess the the team and their individualities within the team, those people that work with you, their response to that culture as well. Oh, I absolutely. I think awareness is is super important. I think if you strip it right back, I think awareness of yourself is is the best starting point. I think as a leader, it's really important that you actually understand who you are and what what's important to you. And it sounds a little bit ridiculous, but I actually think it, that does take stopping and really understanding that. And I I probably didn't understand that enough until I'd, I was lucky enough to do a leadership course. And it really stepped me through kind of learning about what are the things that are important to me at work and not at work. And I guess I didn't really realise that I, I thought, okay, if I'm thinking about me at work, I just look at the work you know, side of things. But this course really focused on looking at yourself more broadly, what's important to you as a person, and then applying that to work. And then looking to understand like what motivates you and what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses. And I think if you have a really strong awareness of yourself, that's a really good starting point. And then I think that flows down and it's about, you know, understanding your people. And if, if, you, if you're managing a team, for example, it could be, you know, understanding what their goals are and what motivates them and what their career aspirations are, but then also their ways of working. And it's a silly little exercise, but one of the things I like to do with my team is um, we do some of the personality tests and you get, you know, your animal. It's just sometimes a fun icebreaker and it does teach you a lot about each other when, you know, you get a profile and it might just be that this person likes making decisions or they don't like making decisions or they like speaking in front of a group or how do they like to be praised or just those little things that can give you insight. And I think it's important that people understand that in all directions. So not just as a manager, but with your colleagues, with your, with your manager. And it just helps you kind of understand how everyone needs to be managed and what the most effective way is because every single person that you work with is going to be different and there isn't a one size fits all. So you have to be dynamic and flexible to understand what's going to get you the best outcome with that person. Yes, absolutely. And it's funny that we often consider these things to be a little bit lame in a business context, but they are so important. And yet, um, if we take time to think about it, you'll realise that within a family or a friend's context, we often know the answers to a lot of those questions already without doing those sorts of exercises because we spend so much time with those people. And so we know that if we have children that, you know, one needs to be treated differently to the other because they're all little individuals. And uh, that's quite the same with every human. And, And so what you're saying there is that we need to understand what drives each of those people in your team. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I really encourage uh, my team to to do things together where they can get to know each other because I think fundamentally you can sit at your desk and there's, you know, get things done and that that's fantastic. It plays a really important role. But going and having coffee for an hour and just talking about the footy or talking about what you did on the weekend, that's not a waste of time. It's actually really important. And I think facilitating scenarios where you can get to know people on a more personal level is, is really important. And look, it doesn't, it's not always achievable depending on the size of the organisation that you work in, 
for me, sport is typically a, a fairly small size team. So it's reasonable that you can get to know people quite well. Um, but I think just making sure that, you know, organisational culture is not transactional. It's not a tick box. It's something that needs to be consistently prioritised and facilitating an environment where people can get to know each other is important. So making sure you go and play mini golf with your team or go for you know, coffee or have a lunch together or, you know, it might just be that you have your team meeting, um, like we have a weekly team meeting. Sometimes we go, okay, well, let's have it off site. And it's the 10 minutes of walking to the coffee shop and back where we've just got to talk to each other. And I think it's important not to discount the non-work discussions. Absolutely. Do you think that culture has a link with strategy, the strategy of your business? I would hope that it does. I think, um, you know, I think in any business strategy, it's important that organisational culture is is something that is clear. I think businesses have different levels of ability and capacity and resources to prioritise it, but I think it is important as a leadership group to establish what your organisational culture, what you want it to be, what the goals are, how everyone's held accountable to that. So, you know, it's not uncommon to see in people's annual performance reviews that there's a performance element, but then there's a cultural element. So, you know, if someone's hitting all their revenue KPIs, but they're not delivering to the organisational culture, that's a problem. So making sure that it's kind of balanced out to be, it's always about both. It's about getting your work done, but it's also probably more importantly about how you do it. That's a really interesting statement there because you can have someone who achieves what they're supposed to achieve on paper tick 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 um, as you're saying but if they don't gel with the with the rest of the team if there's some struggle there with culture that's not working it's going to be a big problem for the for the organization even though they're achieving those goals absolutely and i think that's where it does come back on at a more management level to be holding people accountable to that and making sure that if you do have someone in the team that is kicking goals and delivering to revenue KPIs or whatever metric, you know, that is maybe perhaps more traditionally looked at, that that's dealt with and it's managed and that person's held accountable to it to say, look, this is great that, you know, you might be delivering X, Y and Z, but the expectation in this business is that this is what that looks like and it's equally important. So I think that's where, you know, from a leadership perspective, that there is more of a role to play in terms of accountability. What sort of advice would you give to our students once they finish their MBA, if they're going to head out to a leadership role, what sort of advice would you give to them about organisational culture? I think it's important when you start in a new organisation to understand what the culture is. So, you know, is there a, a people and culture plan? Do they have a set of values do they have a, a business plan that you can see? And, and it sounds really simple, but I think it's just understanding first and foremost, what, what does this organisation stand for? And then looking at how can you contribute to that? How can you bring it to life in a really authentic way? I think secondly to that and equally important is understanding your own values as a leader. And I touched on it before, but I think you really need to understand yourself and what your personal values are and that helps you firstly choose an organisation to begin with. And I think it's actually a really important part of the interview process is discussing that. And that's something I would ask in every interview is talk to me about your company values and what do you stand for and why is this important to you? And that gives you a good read of whether your values and their values fit. So I think by understanding what they're about, what you're about, you put yourself in a really good position to, you know, contribute to that and, and to have a really positive experience 
And I think lastly, it's just be hungry for learning and don't be afraid to explore other views and other opinions. And I think having a really open mind is important. You know, things like feedback, that's just so critical. And receiving feedback is sometimes quite confronting, but I think it's really valuable. And things like 360-degree feedback or, you know, feedback from someone who could be a manager or a colleague, like they're things that you can learn from and you can develop. So I think it's just something that, you know, you can always learn more about, you can always challenge yourself on, and it's something that at any level you can play a role in if you choose to. So I'm a really big believer that organisational culture is owned by every single person in it. You could be the CEO or you could be in any role, in entry-level position, every single person in the organisation contributes to culture. So it's an opportunity for people to take it, grab it with two hands and to to play a leadership role in it, whether that's in your title or not. Taya Bott, uh, General Manager of Marketing at the Melbourne Storm, thanks for your insights today and coming on the show. No worries. Thanks for having me. Information about our guests can always be found in the podcast show notes in your podcast app or on the course site. This has been a University of Southern Queensland podcast produced by the Office for the Advancement of Learning and Teaching.